Hey everyone, welcome back to the 420 Podcast. In this episode, we answer the, uh, attempt to answer the question, what is honor? And uh, we're excited to share with you uh, just a conversation we've had, and we believe it's been led by the Holy Spirit. And so listen in as we dive in. All right, welcome back to the 420 Podcast. Uh, this My name is Jeff, and I'm here with Matt and Clay once again. <laughs> and we're actually on zoom video so if we laugh it's because i'm laughing at one of their faces we can't do that yep yeah, yeah, um this episode right, right off the bat <laughs> but let's 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 hijack this before we even get started okay matt would you rather fight um <laughs> yeah. human-sized penguin or 10 penguin-sized humans Oh, dude. A, a 10 penguin-sized humans. humans? What is so they would be like probably like one foot tall humans, and you have to fight <laughs> 10 of them. Or oh, uh, okay. so you're, they would like destroy your ankles, I think. Or you could fight one human-sized penguin, which I'm, I'm pretty sure could just stomp you to death. I'm taking the 10 penguin-sized humans or whatever however you said because <laughs> okay all because all i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna start flailing and kicking and and i'll, and I'll, I'll take them out one by one you imagine how long that that beak okay. would be on a human-sized penguin Ooh, i didn't even think about that dude oh my gosh <laughs> yeah could just take your head that's the deciding factor for me so so you're the same yeah, uh, I, oh, clearly, yes. I just, just put them all, all over the place. What a good question. Now I'm going to be thinking about that the rest of the day. What a, Clay, what a good one. <laughs> hey, man, I figured you have a three-hour drive ahead of you this afternoon, and Jeff has a flight or a drive tomorrow to Florida. So just wanted to give you guys something deep to think about. Thank you, on your way. I feel, I feel enlightened. I've transcended new heights. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, now you can do the intro, Jeff. Oh, thank you, buddy. I was actually going to do a, this episode sponsored by Adidas or something like that. So <laughs> it wasn't gonna be this episode is sponsored by sponsored by ten human-sized penguins. <laughs> no, wait, ten human-sized penguins. Yep, yep. Wait, I keep saying it backwards. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, this episode, we so we decided to go through our our values, um, kind of like the foundations of of four twenty as as a ministry. Um, Actually, I'm going to pull those up real quick, just so you know. You where can find we're... on our website. Uh, actually, no, this is only, only no, we have no. these. Only we have these. So our, our no. foundations as a ministry is... Uh, they're secret. Yeah, they're secret foundations. Um, uh, I'll, I'll read through them, actually. So worship, um, loving God is our top priority. Priority Ministering to Jesus is our lifelong assignment. <laughs> and then we have intimacy. Uh, pursue being intoxicated with the love of God to the point of overflow. Uh, then we have honor, which is what we're going to go over today. Um, and we've put down for honor, treat everyone to the measure that we see Jesus in them. If we have an issue with someone, we communicate it to them. Uh, and then we have miracles. So we're always full and hungry for more. Miracles are a manifestation of the heart of God. I have my daughter right here too. So if she makes a sound. I'm going to pass it over to one of you guys. Um, and then we have love. <laughs> the measure of our success is directly related to how well we love. Um, then we have healthy boundaries. Accomplishments will never come at the expense of intimacy with God. Um, then we have heaven's government. Jesus is the head, and he gave apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and shepherds as gifts of love to build up his body. So we're going to start with honor, and then I will mute myself for a second, and you guys will talk about honor. So what do you think about honor and how it relates to what we're doing? Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, I was, um, and I, I think that when it comes to, uh, comes to the topic of honor, I think, um, a synonym, that's the word that means the same, right? Antonym is opposite. Synonym is same. There we go. Thank you. Fifth grade. <laughs> and, and, uh, so, <laughs> <You> did <it. laughs> so I think that oftentimes when we think of honor, our heads in, in our minds, we just immediately run to Oh, so I'm, I'm just going to respect people. Like, I just, I just need to respect everyone. Like, yes, you should, because respecting people is probably just a good K 
character trait in and of itself, but it's honor is different from respect. They, they can be synonyms um, in the same way, but, but more so honor is different because what I have personally learned about honor, and, and I think what I've seen about honor is that oftentimes respect is mainly is 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 a response of of how i treat someone act towards someone it's just a good idea respect people in authority respect your parents respect one another like like it's just it's it's a it's a character trait that you should adopt but honor is a posture honor is a is a posture and and condition of the heart and honor community it it it, it sees something in someone that they may not see in themselves and i love them and treat them according to that standard so like if someone is growing in the gift of writing teaching whatever and they just don't think like hey i'm just not good at this honor honor communicates to them like hey i'm going to love you and draw this out of you because you don't see it in yourself and and honor also communicates my relationship with you is more important than you doing even what I want you to do. Um, mm -hmm. honor, honor communicates this relationship is more important to me than the agenda of maybe what I have in mind and on the table, even getting accomplished. Because at the end of the day, all that we're left with is each other. So those are some of my, my first initial thoughts. Yeah, I That's think good. I always, uh, Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, I think to go on top of that, respect is almost like in our culture, respect is measured. Like, um, like, I, like, someone can lose my respect really easily, right? Or take for example, like a sports player, you know, does something that you don't like, and then you just hear somebody say they, they've lost all my respect, you know. And respect is almost about what people do, but honor sees through the eyes of God. And this is what we've tried to uphold. Like honor sees because God is eternal and he sees therefore outside of time. And that's how he was able to say in Ephesians that we're holy and blameless uh, ever since the foundation of the world, because he sees us through the blood of Jesus. And so what we're saying is that we want to treat people according to the measure that we see Jesus in them. And, and, you know, yeah. go ahead, Clay. I was just going to say, when I first think of honor, I always think of uh, Heidi Baker, who, if people are unfamiliar with her, she's an amazing missionary in uh, in Africa and uh, ended up, I think her story is like, she has all these degrees and an incredibly educated lady, and she just felt God's call to Africa. So she shows up there with no car, no anything, just knowing that God told her to show up there. And so she literally was walking around one day like showed up, had nowhere to go, know anything. And God has just opened a door. Now they have orphanages all over the place. Uh, but she has a quote and she says, she always says that love looks like something. And so meaning if you love someone, you are going to serve them. You're going to do things for them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that paired with the, uh, the phrase of, and I think it's Danny Silk from uh, his book, Culture of Honor, talking about uh, how honor is what love looks like. And so I always think of honor being the practical application of love for someone Ooh. and so um honoring people uh exactly what you said of honoring the uh god-given uh we don't honor someone based off of what they do or what they've accomplished we honor some or their position we honor them because they're intrinsic value because they're created in the image of god and uh because we're called to we're called to love others and love actually looks like something. And that looks like honor. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, bro. That's really good. Um, and as I was thinking about this, this topic of honor, um, uh, we all know that scripture and, and we all seem to promote a book too. in, in these, <laughs> and, and the book, I guess we would encourage people to read is culture of honor by Danny Silk. Uh, fantastic, mm -hmm. fantastic book. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, like we've all read that and I would encourage anybody in ministry to read that, um, and outside of ministry. Uh, but one of the scriptures I think of, um, uh, was, was Jesus couldn't heal, couldn't heal very many people in his hometown because of a lack of honor correct does anybody have that scripture on the top of their head or want to look up let me let me pull it up real quick. yeah what what uh say it again jeff i'm sorry I, I think i have a little bit of delay in my signal what did you say jesus couldn't heal many in his hometown 
Um, it is Mark 6, 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of their unbelief, uh, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them, which is still pretty amazing. Um, but this idea <laughs> that honor is connected to that because they were the one, his hometown. So these are people that knew Jesus, they knew his family, and they knew you know his upbringing. And they couldn't honor him to the, gr- to the degree that he was worthy of being honored. Meaning like they, they were so familiar with the humanity of Jesus um, that they didn't honor him well. Um, does that make sense? And, and I've heard it yeah. said that, that familiarity kills on, honor. Meaning like, like Matt, you know, I, I know, I know you, I know, like if I grew up around Matt <laughs> and I knew the person that he used to be, um, I would have a hard time believing for the things that he's doing now uh, because I'm so familiar with his upbringing. I know his family, um, my familiarity with him, with him would actually uh, put a cap on my level of honor for him. And so this idea of like, Jesus takes people like the apostle Paul, for example, was known as Saul before he was Paul. Um, He was mass murderer. Um, killing God's people, and he was actually doing it for God. Um, you know, and we all know the story. He was knocked off his donkey, blinded for three days. Was it Nathaniel that God told to go restore his sight? Um, I think it was Nathaniel. I could be wrong. Uh, but one of the other disciples went and prayed for him to, to have his sight back, and and he hesitated because he, he said, God, I don't want to go pray for this man. He kills people like me. You know, he's a mass murderer, blah, blah, blah. And like, what a shame it would be if, if we actually dishonored the apostle Paul because of his past. And so like familiarity with people can actually uh, damage my level of honor for people. If I know them or know what they're into, that actually keeps me from seeing what Jesus is doing in them. And so honor is a huge component in the kingdom of God. And so instead of looking Good. at people with, according yeah. to eyes of the flesh, you know, what they've done or what they've been into or what they've come from, what is the, like, what's the eye of God see in that person? He probably sees, right. you know, their eternal destiny, um, holy, blameless, uh, forgiven. Um, so honor enables me to look at someone, no matter what they've done or where they've come from and say, wow, you are, you are so valuable in the kingdom of God and I honor the gifts on your life. And that actually positions me to partake in the very breakthrough breakthroughs that they've seen, um, you know, which we could get into all kinds of stories about people honoring um, others and, and their giftings and, and then receiving the same breakthrough they've, uh, they've been walking in. Do you guys have any examples of that or testimonies or um, of people, you know, honoring, you know, the Jesus and other people that uh, most people would look at and just scoff at? Mm-hmm. Well, real quick, Jeff, as Matt's thinking of that, I don't want to lose. Um, earlier, you said that familiarity can rob us of the ability to honor someone when we become familiar with someone. But obviously like as we get to know people, we become very familiar with them and we build relationship and we get very familiar with people and we know the ins and outs. We know the highs and lows. We know the strengths and weaknesses in in any sort of intimate relationship. So how do you think that we can become familiar with each other and know each other well and see the highs and see the the lows, see the dark uh, of people's weaknesses and at, at the same time maintain attitude of honor towards them? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I think the, kind of the same way we operate in our relationship with the Lord, you know, like, like Jesus is, is unbelievably full of awe and wonder and splendor and power and might, and he is holy, he is perfection. But yet he, he tells us to enter in with confidence into the throne room. Um, he tells imperfect human beings to enter into with confidence, the throne room of God. And like, you see some people walk in the relationship with the Lord for a long amount of time, they start to become friends with God. And, and some of those people end up uh, losing their awe and wonder for God uh, because, you know, they, 
they fall into the like grace covers everything camp. Um, not that grace doesn't cover everything, but grace isn't a license to sin anymore. Um, and so like, if I've been walking with Jesus for 40 plus years and I start to get lenient, you know, if like I've lost my awe, my wonder and, and the power and the majesty of Jesus, then there needs to be a correction. It's the same with friendship. Like I've walked, I've been friends with Matt for a very long time now. And, um, and, and I think we have to fight to, to maintain that level of like, I know Matt so well that, but yet I still choose to see him as Jesus sees him instead of like what he brings to the table or you clay, you know, your, your shortcomings, Matt shorts come your, your shortcomings. Like I don't treat you based off of what you lack. I, I treat you guys according to the Jesus in you. And that's the, that's the standard that we try and hold people to. And, and we try to live out, but it, it gets tough at times for sure. Uh, but I say in any, any friendship, like familiarity is a good thing. It enables you to become uh, intimate and good friends and have a, a, authentic relationship but if you lose the the awe and wonder of the jesus in them then you you can lose the ability to honor that person dang bro that's that's so good and and yes yeah, so honestly i'm just, just to make it personal jeff and clay jeff to answer your your direct question of where or when have you seen people do this in your life um since jeff actually referenced this i want to read this from Danny Silk, from Culture of Honor, um, each so this this is a, a direct quote from Danny. Each believer comes to understand his or her significance in relationship to the whole body, and the conviction begins to take hold. I carry something that no one else carries. I must develop and release my gifts into the church and the world, and do my part in bringing heaven to earth. Honor empowers people. And in a culture of honor, leaders lead with honor by courageously treating people according to the names God gives them and not according to the aliases they receive from people. And so, or like maybe a more common way to put that would be like the labels that we receive from people. And so when you're living in a culture of honor, um, the, which I, I actually realized this was happening in Brandy and I. I think two years ago, um, when you're in a room long enough with certain people, and, 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 I'll, and I'll specifically use Jeff and Clay as examples, when you're in a room with guys long enough and you're, you're at meetings or retreats or conferences or special things that you're doing, you start to hear the prophetic words for those individuals, and, and, and which is a good thing because when you begin to hear the prophetic words that are over your friends or over people that you're in community with, you know how to treat them then because you know what the father's perspective is and what the father's heart is for that individual. And it's like, and now it's like, I, I really do. I love listening to other people's prophetic words. Cause even though it's obviously not for me, it's like, Oh, this is how I can treat this person. That's going to draw what heaven is saying about them out of them. Super I, good. I like, I, I can treat this person in such a way that they may not see it in themselves right now. Like there's been so many moments of when Brandy and I first moved here to Indianapolis, there was so many mo moments, very, very real moments where I just was like, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. This, this is hard. Like I feel like a failure what was I thinking and moving here? And, and honestly, if, if I wanted to, I could get like even emotional talking about it. I can go back through my phone. I have journal entries of times. Um, and clay, this was, um, this, this was before you and I had become as close as we are now and, and, and started doing life together as intentionally as we are now, this was like within our first year here. And I have texts in my phone from Jeff saying, Literally, I, I have one that I actually remember that goes to, I've, I've read it so much. And it's literally says, I know that you are forgetting who it is that you are right now, but I know who you are. And I'm going to continue to call you into that. And then it's a text that goes into, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you are. And, and, and he wasn't saying, this is what you're here to do. He wasn't pointing out, dude, you just need to get over this and, and recognize what you're here to do. 
honor is not so much so associated with assignment. Honor is associated with identity, the way that God looks at us. And I would read that and be like, okay, like, yeah, this is, this is who I am. This is what Jesus says about me. And then when I would become solidified in that and receive that and receive that, I was then empowered to carry on with the task at hand of the mission. And then, and, and, and even when you start to do that in a team, like that's, that's super powerful. Like that's, that's some, some really cool things happen. And, and not to mention now, like even throw this in the mix. If you're listening to this and you're someone that's on a team of people that don't think like you, like maybe you're in a church culture or a business culture or, or, or a startup business culture, or you're start trying to start something. I'm the only person that thinks the way that I think what I've gotten convicted of the most is that when Jesus said that he has poured out his spirit on all flesh, I can love the identity of Jesus and, and the person of Jesus out, out of each person. And, and it's not relevant towards culture. This is strictly a, a heavenly thing that we're able to enter into of, of calling things out of people and pulling things out of people that they may not see in themselves. And what makes it so rewarding is when they realize it, it's just like, dang, you, you believe this about me. You called this out of me before I saw it in myself. And it's like, it's like, man, it's, it's exciting when you get to, when you get to see that and experience that happen. And to put a, to put a disclaimer on this real quick, this isn't like the power of self or the power of whatever self-empowerment. It's not like I'm saying, you know, Matt, you got this, you know, you be your best self today. It's not like, it's not like a, you know, I, I, there's a lot of that going around. It's a, wow, I've actually, I've spent time listening to the Lord's prayer over your life. And this is what he says about you. Um, and this is your eternal destiny. This is your eternal identity, according to the heart of God. And you're, we're going to, we're going to treat you as such, even if your behaviors don't line up with that. Uh, because usually our behaviors are just a fruit of our belief system. Um, and so if you treat people according to what God says about them, um, over time, you'll find them actually start to live like that. And same for myself, like strengthening myself in the Lord and, and re- being transformed by the renewing of my mind. You meditate on what the Lord says about you. You meditate on the work of Jesus. You meditate on the, the finished work of the cross and the blood coming out of his, his hands and feet. And, uh, and, and your behaviors will start to line up with that uh, over time. And so this isn't like a self-help type of be your best self today. This is like, we're going to treat each other to what, according to what God, what God is saying. <laughs> That's good. It's really good. Matt, you said something. You were speaking at our uh, first gathering at our new location this last Friday, and you were speaking, and um, you said something, I mean, relating to honor. I don't know if you used specifically the term honor, but it was convicting to me of just in regards to identity and then recognizing the identity in others. And uh, I think a lot of times I can... I'm so passionate about identity and who the Lord says about uh, who I am. And I know that we all are at the same time. And yet it feels like it's secondary for me sometimes to focus on treating other people specifically based off of their identity of who they are instead of their actions. Yeah. Um, And it was just convicting to me where I was like, man, like I fight so hard against the lie of we are defined by what we do. I I I really think that you are defined by your your actions or your actions show who you really are. I think that's one of the greatest lies in the Christian world whatsoever. Um, and we, we'll get into that in identity one time or when we talk about that. But um, I I hammer that home. I, I tell our, our church, the vineyard, that I tell our staff that. And yet it's, it's so common for me, and especially in my own thoughts, like in my mind of I am evaluating people based off of their actions. And it's like, holy yeah. smokes, like I don't <laughs> want to be evaluated on my actions. <laughs> yeah, I believe that God doesn't judge me or define me by my actions, but I'm going to judge all these other people based off of their actions. And it's like, oh my gosh, like what the heck am I doing? So Matt, that was like, that was, uh, I don't know, know if you even remember what you said on Friday yeah. night, but that yeah. was convicting for me. You know, it was funny. I was actually, I was going to share that too, that um, one of the first times that I ever remember experiencing honor was when, was, was when I was at teen challenge and I kept referring to myself 
myself as a drug addict. And I kept referring to myself as, Hey, I'm here so that y'all can fix me. And, and, and I can, I can work the program. I can do what I'm here to do. And I kept referring myself to that as, as a drug addict. And then, and then everything changed when um, I had someone come up to me and say like, dude, you just, you don't get it. Like you, 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 you don't, you don't get this. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what is there to get? Like, I'm a loser that has behaved like a loser. So this, this is who I am. And like, again, doing exactly what Clay was just saying, I was associating myself with my actions. And the person said like, dude, what you need to grasp. And, and, and they, it was more so shown to me, even just through the way that they loved me and honored me was like, dude, you're, you're no longer a sinner that needs to be worked on. You're a son that needs to come into the revelation of your royalty and like the revelation of your value. And because at that time I, I had given my life to Jesus, um, but I was, I was unbelievably still just super defeated. And so that was one of the first times I remember someone, I think it's Romans calling that what is not calling that what is not as though it is. That was one of the first times someone called something out of me in a way that I was just like, whoa, like no one has ever spoken to me like that. No one has ever said that to me before. And to this day has when, when someone treats you and loves you and relates to you only redemptively and, and, and only saved. Like I think I heard, we've all heard Bill Johnson say before, at some point we just need to start thinking saved, but like it, and, and it did like to this day transformed my life and, and, and everything. So, but yeah, that was one of the earliest moments. Yeah, dude. And also the, the other side of honor too, like when you get honored for, for what, God has done in your life. That's a very, hum that should be a very humbling experience. Um, because we can, we can take honor one of two ways we can, you know, someone comes up and honors, honors one of us and says, wow, you know, your, your message changed my life. And, you know, I can take that and immediately become prideful about that. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm freaking awesome. I'm valuable. Or I could say, and I've tried to do this in the car after every, <laughs> after every, um, like salvation I see or anybody that encounters Jesus or teaching that I give. And, and I just, I learned this from another pastor. I just, I just give it back to the Lord and it doesn't have to be public. It's just, you know, me and the Lord, thank you, Lord. You know, I honor you, Jesus, for, for doing that through me. And, um, you know, so receiving honor can be just as hard as giving it too. And in, in the fact of what you do with it, um, can be dangerous or really healthy in your relationship with the Lord. That's mm, so good, man. I love the, uh, I think it's Corey Asbury, the musician that he said that, uh, oh no, I'm trying to, I'm going to, I'm going to screw up this story, but I learned it from him of doing exactly what you said. He said that anytime somebody comes up to him and tells him that he led a great worship set, he just says, thank you. And he receives it. And then in private afterwards, he gives it back to the Lord and just says, thank you. And yeah. I think that he, he had been taught or somebody showed, told him that he used to say like, when somebody would say like, man, you led such a great worship set. He said, no, 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 it was all the Lord. And then finally somebody said to him like, well, no, it wasn't the Lord. It wasn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> if it was the Lord, yeah, if it was the Lord, we'd all singing, be dead. Like, he would have sounded way better. <laughs> I know. We'd exactly. All, we'd exactly. all be dead. Which that's another, a great response. Yeah. That's another topic I wanted to touch on too, of when people get honored and they say it was zero, zero percent me like, okay, that's, that's false humility. Like the Lord isn't, you know, think about love. God is love and love does not control people. Right. Like, cause if I, if I controlled my wife into loving me, that wouldn't be love. Right. Like my desire is to have a partnership with her and same, same the Lord for us. He desires to have a partnership with us. I mean, that's all evangelism is. It's just a partnership with the Holy spirit. And so like God may be operating through you, but he did choose you. And so there is a level of like your participation involved. And, and there is a verse where Jesus shares his glory with those that, that follow him. And that's a hard concept for people who struggle with false humility of actually owning and saying, wow, you know, thank you for that. And then giving it back to the Lord in private, you don't have to operate in false humility or dishonor yourself or trash yourself in the process, you know? So it's good. Good. So I got a, a question with a statement beforehand. I, I really think that a huge part of honor and creating a culture of honor and something that we try to do 
is a recognition that everything that we do and say affects other people in some way. And so as we make decisions and as we speak, recognizing yeah. that our actions will affect other people. And so it's taking other people into account into in our actions. And so the example would be um, at our church at the vineyard, we just moved buildings, like a really big transition. And so even just in our like communication process, meaning like, who do we communicate this to first? And do we make sure that we communicate it in the right order of like communicating to our board members before we communicate it to our band members, you know, because it would be dishonoring to our board members who we've entrusted a lot to, and we've given them leadership for them to find out key information um, from somebody who's just a regular, you know, attendee of our church. And this sounds like a specific example because this specifically happened in something, but that's dishonoring to them based off of what we've, we've given to them. And so there's details like that. And so things like making sure that we communicate things to the right people in the right order matter to me because it's a matter of of honor it's a matter of recognizing um uh where people are and that our decisions and our actions affect other people so something that i run into sometimes is uh, if honor is a part of a culture of honor is recognizing that our actions affect other people what is the difference and how do we walk the line between creating a culture of honor so being aware of how our actions affect other people and not sliding into simply fear of man or fearing what other people ah, think. Yeah. Um, something that I actually, I, I take away from my home church um, and I value a lot is that they say, you know, if there's a, if there's a gap and if there's a misunderstanding, like fill that gap with trust. And that's, you know, easier said than done. Like if, if, if my church leadership's making a decision that I don't agree with and yet I haven't had a conversation around a, a dinner table with them. If I haven't had a conversation like around a dinner table with them or a heart connection with them, then I have no right to criticize that decision. Um, and instead I choose to fill that, that gap with trust, meaning, meaning like, I don't know the details of what just happened, but I choose to still value uh, that that person's decision and actually trust that their heart was pure in the process of making that decision. Now, when it comes to like operating in leadership and making decisions and worrying about fear of man, this is just a rule that I live by. Like someone's always going to be offended at everything. And so a lot of me just doesn't care anymore. Um, but like for me personally, if I'm ever offended by anything, um, it's actually an indication that my heart posture isn't healthy. Um, like even if I'm wronged and I'm, I'm, and I get offended by that, that means I'm, there's something about me that's not healthy. That's not operating in, in healthy because he's the God of all hope, you know, that, that we serve. And so like, I think you're always going to have we're always going to have people that are offended by something and we can't walk in the fear of man. And like, when it comes to making decisions, uh, we have to have pure hearts and being motivated by asking the Lord first and foremost, Jesus, will you be pleased by this? Jesus, how can we honor you? And then it just kind of like trickles down from there. And then if someone gets offended, I, I really do believe that that's, that's a heart posture issue. And, um, there's no room for offense in the follower of Je in the heart of the follower of Jesus. Yeah, dude, and, and Clay, just to be direct on that, like I, I think that there's a difference between honor and flattery. Um, so say yes. I want to come up, yes. to, I, I want to come up to, to, to yeah. one of you guys and say, like, say it's after, um, and it'd be kind of hard to do this now because um, we have built such intentional relationship and, and we're growing and learning in that. So, so say if I, I didn't know you guys, I come up to you after a 420 gathering. Hey, bro, I just want to honor you. You led incredibly well in that time. And, and I thought that it was amazing. I got really touched. That's a solid affirmation. My heart posture in that of me to the person that's communicating to you will determine whether that's honor or flattery or not. Yeah, honor has no, has, has, has no agenda attached. Yes. Flattery really good. has an has an agenda attached to it that's ultimately saying not only am i insecure but i'm gonna function out of that insecurity 
to try to verbally manipulate you to get from you what it is that I want from you, which is status, which is I want a, a seat closer at your table. Yeah. I, I, I want to be, I want to be brought deeper into your heart. Like, or, and you're, you're trying to force yourself into an area of that person's heart where maybe vulnerability and trust has not paved the way for you to step onto yet. <laughs> yeah. And, and so vulnerability, or I'm sorry, not vulnerability, flattery is not honor. It's the perverted version of honor. Yeah. When I'm going to honor someone, I don't want anything from them in return. I'm, I'm, I've heard what the Lord is saying about this individual. I'm going to call it out. And even if they don't look at me, hug me with tears in their eyes, brother, thank you. I needed that. Thank you so much. It's like, I wasn't doing it for that reason. I was doing it because I'm moved to conviction of the reality of what Jesus is saying over someone's life. And I'm going to call that out of them. But flattery is often, and, and not only insecure, flattery is also, and, and ashamedly, not ashamedly, I shouldn't say that, but like guilty. I've, I've done this of like, man, I don't feel like this person likes me. I don't, I don't feel like um, this, this person is happy with me. I, I feel like I've made this person mad. I feel like they don't like who I am. I feel like they don't like what I bring to the, bring to the table. I'm going to go try to say something that might put me back onto their good side as, as, and there, and I guess, well, well, what's wrong with that? What's, what's wrong with that? There's a lot wrong with that. It's, you're not functioning out of what the Lord is saying about the person you're functioning out of an insecurity to try to reestablish security either within yourself or within this person's opinion of you, which for the record, neither of those things matter because life is about how we live from the embrace of Jesus, not by how often our name is upon the lips of men or women in front of us. So for me, I, I've really had to learn the tightrope difference. Matthew, are you honoring this person or are you flattering them? Yeah, dude. And 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 I think in 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 cultures that's really big. And that's something that we need to be very aware of. Um, very aware of. Yeah. I think the, I think the root really of, good. Yeah. I, I think the root of flattery is self-promotion and the root of honor is yep. genuine thanksgiving for what the Lord did through that person. And if I'm only a part of a church to be honored um, and, and I leave when I don't get honored, then, then the motivation of my heart was actually self-promotion. That's so good. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, minded a couple weeks ago of a Matt Chandler book I read one time on marriage and he was talking about in marriage, if I do anything to love my wife, like, like if I make her breakfast in bed and if she doesn't like say thank you in the way I want to, or if she doesn't like return anything, like yeah. do, then it's not actually love. Like yeah. if I get upset, it's not actually love. Right. Like it, it it's, I'm doing it so that I, I feel better about myself. I feel better as a husband. I feel like I did whatever. I get her less mad at me, you know, whatever it is. And it's not actually love. Like the only true love is being able to love others without needing anything in return. And so yeah. I think that's a great line in between things is that we can honor others. And even if they dishonor us back, or especially when we have nothing to gain from them, then wow. we're able to honor others. Cause I've definitely, I've messed up on both ends. I, oh, I still sure. remember probably in like fifth grade or something. I, I felt I started like flattering some, like my mentor, like for something. Cause I thought he was mad at me and he just like called me out. He's like, Clay, sometimes you just say things nice about people, but you don't actually mean it or something like that. And I was like, I was, Gosh. I think I was quiet for a while. Like it was straight <laughs> in my face. It was one of the few times I've been smacked hard, but it was right. It was like, Screw you, dude. What was going on? And it was, <laughs> I was like, well, fine. I take back what I said, (laughs) but it was good. I mean, and I've always remembered it. That is good. Because I wasn't actually complimenting him so that to love him, I was complimenting him because I was afraid that he was upset with me and I wanted to make it back. I wanted him to like me. And and that's not honor. That's flattery. So love that. And the quick way to get out of that, but if you're, if you're listening to that and you're like, well, how do I know if I'm in honor or flattery? Like the quick way to do that to what Clay just said, like, I feel like if you have a problem with them, make sure your heart is right. And then just go to them because the wicked step sister of flattery is passive aggressiveness. (laughs) And 
and it's and it's 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 a passive aggressive behavior <laughs> that we we don't deal with things head on. So get accountability and discipleship. Confess to someone what's going on with your heart. Make sure your heart is right, and then just go to that person with what is going on. Hey, this has been going on in my heart. I feel weird about this. I'm not totally sure how much of it is legitimate. Can you dialogue with this about me? And even in you just by being authentic, that is honor, as opposed to trying to deal with something through a false display of flattery and ultimately hoping if I do this, the problem's just going to go away. Like it's not going to go away. It's it's just going to be made worse. So oftentimes we we have to expose our hearts to people that we trust. We have to expose our hearts if we want heart connection. Yeah. Which kind of leads into the last thing I wanted to talk about with you guys is as, as leaders, how do you deal with, um, you know, haters? <laughs> um, cause I've been, <laughs> I've been walking this road for a while now and I've had a number of people, <laughs> uh, label me as a cult leader or a heretic at this point. Um, which the wait interesting, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're, we're not, <laughs> we're not a cult. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out. Well, well, the animal sacrifice we got scheduled for next week might say otherwise um that's a joke okay. by the way we we had to throw it in there i'm actually see dude it I'm took actually, us it took us I'm, so long to... and the sad thing is i'm actually the one that just threw that out there and i'm pretty upset about it right now um anyway yeah. Shaped culture yeah yeah um so like the interesting <laughs> fun fact about these people is i've i've actually never had a conversation with them around a dinner table or I, I don't even know some of them and like when when that comes up against you guys what is your immediate response to someone and it's all over like you can't get on facebook nowadays without seeing christians arguing with one another and so like the lack of honor in in the faith community is pretty unreal at this point and so how like what's your first reaction when you deal with this stuff Yeah. Yeah, man. I. It's good. I. Uh, I mean, you've been a lot more the the face of a lot of the things that we've been building towards for 420. So I haven't experienced it as much as far as being uh, branded a heretic quite as much. But I do know that last uh, it was last November or so. I've been on social media for a little while off of social media, but. On November, I just I posted something that I didn't think was that controversial. It was it was right before the election, and so the climate was just absolutely wild. And I just said something about, hey, we as Christians we're called to love, bless, and honor, uh, no matter who is in authority. And something just talking about how in I think it's First Peter that he says to honor the emperor. And this was either like during the time or right around the time that Nero was literally like crucifying Christians and using them as candles in his garden and saying like, if they can say honor the emperor, then we can choose today to honor whoever was elected at that point. It was, you know, Biden or Trump, we didn't know. And so no matter who is elected, we're called to honor them. And I got like, it was like a thread of like 85 comments or something on Facebook of Christians on both sides of the political aisle, absolutely tearing each other to threads or to shreds, not agreeing with what I was saying for to two totally different reasons. People saying like, well, I couldn't honor this person because they're taking away this right. Or, well, I couldn't honor this person because the things that they say are just like, they absolutely exploded and talked about how it was just, there's, why would you honor somebody that was behaving in this way? And I tried to respond with just the response of, hey, I don't honor someone because of what they do. What they do has nothing to do with me honoring them. I honor them because of, number one, who I am. And number two, because of they are created in the image of God. And I love the Bill Johnson quote that says he never wants to say anything negative about someone else because he he's afraid of their father too much or he's afraid of their creator too much. And I think that that's an incredible mentality of like, man, I want to, I want to speak in a way of people and, uh, in a way that's rec recognizing that, holy moly, like their creator, their father is the creator of the universe. Yeah. And I, and I think, I, I, I really do believe that there are two spirits at work and they're working pretty hard right now in, in America, the, the religious spirit and the political spirit and, uh, the religious spirit. I, I just in layman's terms, I think is, is concerned with being right. 
above all else. And the political spirit is concerned with winning above all else. So when you have a culture where the religious and the political spirit are running rampant, you're going to have a lack of honor. Because like in order to like in the kingdom, I, I still have to choose to honor someone who I disagree with instead of, instead of my goal, because the goal of love isn't to be right. <laughs> the goal of love is to simply to love. And so if my, yes. goal is, if my goal is to be right, then I can't honor someone that disagrees with me. And if my goal is to win, exactly. then I can't honor people who I feel threatened by. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Drop the mic, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that the, the, the simple the simple answer to that is anyone, anyone that truly knows how loved they are, um, doesn't care about being right. And, and doesn't, and doesn't care about at the end of the meeting, did everyone know around the table that I was right at the end of the meeting? Did everyone like know that I had the best position of truth? Like in the relationship, does everyone know, like, or in the argument, does everyone know I just won this? And so just yeah. to make it super simple, like if you truly live from how loved you are, like by Jesus, if you live from an, from, from an embrace that went, that when you're embraced by him, it literally like, like I, I've got my, my son is to a point now where he's, he's, he's getting a little bit more chub on him, which is good because <laughs> he was, he was a tiny baby and I'll just squeeze him like sometimes so hard. And I told Brandy one time, I was like, I was like, sometimes it's hard. Like, I, like, I just, I want to love him so hard. <laughs> and, and I, I just don't like, I, I want, like, I just, I want to watch how hard I'm squeezing him. And, but it's like when we're held by the father, and, and out of his love, he squeezes us and all of the things that we were never created for ooze out of us. Um, the natural byproduct of knowing that you're loved and living from that embrace is even if you hear people making fun of you, like the way that you say something, like maybe you, you hear a conversation on accident that you weren't necessarily supposed to hear. And that sucks. Like, it's not fun to be made fun of in that moment, but you're just like, rather than I need to go tell them how wrong they are, go away and pray for them. Like, yeah, like son, do you, don't you know how much, don't you know how much it grieves my heart to see my church and to see my bride living in less than what I paid for? <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and, and so kind of where I'm at right now is I have no right. We have no right to go and demand from someone that they see things from our perspective. If I've not spent time on my knees for them, praying for them, praying that they, they themselves would encounter counter the father's heart and the father's love yeah. because the only reason I'm feeling the need to be right or one is because I just don't believe in who I am in that moment. Yeah, dude. Amen. And dude, just to go along with that, one of my, uh, a guy who's impacted my life deeply, um, used to share testimonies about, you know, when he was first, um, stepping into like his identity and he would, he was sharing the gospel everywhere he went. Uh, praying for the sick, uh, starting to see miracles happen in, in the marketplace. And uh, his wife was not a fan of it. Like she is like, you're, this is terrible. Like you're making me look bad. You're making your family look bad. And they'd get into huge fights about it. And uh, every time they'd get into a fight, he would, he would walk away and into the other room and just get on his knees and just say, thank you, father, for, for my wife. Thank you for who she is. Thank you for who you've created her to be. And he would just bless her, like bless the socks out of her. And I've, kind of adopted that into my marriage. Um, my marriage is great by the way. Uh, but we've had our moments where like, it's, it's hard to honor one another. And I'm, I'm learning to step into this more and more and more. And I'm trying to grow more and more every day when people dishonor me to step away and, and pray for them and and bless them and ask the Lord to pour out his spirit on them. Um, that they, and thank the Lord for who they are and, and who he's created them to be. And that they would step into that. Yes really, you just want to call down fire from heaven on them as quickly as possible. And, and just, and Amen. Lord, almighty God, smite them, almighty smiter. And, just, <laughs> and I, I mean, I mean, really, really assassinate their character and just go after them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's typically best, especially in your marriage. Yeah, yes. that's really good. Yes. I'm just kidding. That's please, please know anyone that's listening. Please know that I'm joking. 
<laughs> oh man. Um, so y'all, I just wrote down. Well, yeah, I'll go real quick. The um, just as we're wrapping this up, just five things that uh, I think are markers of a culture of honor. I think that a culture of honor uh, consistently asks the question of how does this decision affect others. Of especially as we're making decision as a team or building anything as a community, asking the question, how does this decision affect others? Um, secondly, it is, as you were talking about, Jeff, is assuming the best. And so when other people make a decision that you don't understand or seems to be incorrect, that you assume the best. That's not always assuming that they're making the right decision, but you're assuming that their intentions are good and that their intentions are for the good of yeah. Uh, yeah. you know others around them and intentions to honor the Lord. Um, third is the Matthew 18 approach is so key. Uh, if you're offended, go talk to the person directly. Um, and what I've found and, uh, even, I mean, found, I think we all have found ourselves doing it is that offense loves to, uh, loves company. And so when you're offended <laughs> with someone, you love to go out and attract other people who are offended the same way. I cannot tell you the number of times that I've had somebody come up to me and, complain about something at church and say hey this this and this is wrong and this person feels this way too uh it's continually it's like um or like when as we've been moving churches i mean there's just been a lot of highs and lows you know you have somebody sit down with you and just say hey i want to let you know that like me and these like the entire church feels this way that this is wrong and this is messed up it's like man you are naturally going to attract to yourself to yourself, the people who are upset and offended about the same things. And so if you're offended, go talk to the person directly and that will uh, honor the Lord and people. Last uh, playing right out of that is not talking. Do not talk negatively about others. I think it's just so, uh, so key of the way that we talk about others is uh, when that is replayed in heaven one day on the big screen for all to see that we can stand proud and say, man, the way that I talked about others, I'm proud of it. Uh, behind their back, even when it was difficult. Um, and then lastly, I really do think that honor starts in our thoughts. And so just as Paul talks about taking every thought captive, it is really taking every thought captive and not just um, silencing our mouths when we want to say something dishonoring, but actually practicing renewing our minds towards people that we're in relationship with towards others, where we're practicing renewing our thoughts um, where we're beginning to see people more and more in their identity and how the Lord sees them. And, uh, I think it, that's where it starts. Yes. Those are my five points. Those are good, man. Agreed, bro. I love it. Well, I think that's it for today. Love you guys. It's good. Y'all. Thanks for listening in. If you want to learn more about 420, you can visit 420ministries.net. You can see all the info about our gatherings there. Uh, Come check it out. Minister to the Lord. And uh, you can also partner with us. So uh, see you next time.